All right, ladies and gentlemen, Double Down Trent is back. After a month hiatus, we survived February, and we have come out better on the other side because we have March Madness on the horizons. That's right, the model has been in the lab crunching data, getting ready for bracketology. We've also got a special segment where we welcome back our insider, Coulter, as we're going to look at four of the power conferences, and we're going to tell you who we think might win that tournament, as well as some long shots that might have some value to gamble on. But it's not only March Madness season, NFL is always on our minds here at Double Down Trent. We welcome on our very own beat reporter, Bill Hughes, who's been following Tom Brady's every single move. He's got the latest on where he thinks Brady's going to go. And then, because this is a gambling site, we're going to give you the odds on some dark horse teams who might make a run at Brady. Tennessee, San Fran, who knows? So stay tuned for episode 68 of Double Down Trent. Double down Trent, you might want to tune in Talking gambling and sports, predicting who might win Pop culture to movies, let's start up the combo Ryan and Aaron, man versus the motto Keep it authentic and it's always live So competitive, so you know it's always hype Make sure you subscribe, trust you don't want to miss Going all in here on Double Down Trent Hey, yeah, Double Down Trent, let's go This is Double Down Trent All right, welcome to Double Down Trent, the podcast where two elementary school buddies are talking sports, gambling, and pop culture. My name is Ryan. I am your co-host, as always. Once again, joined by my co-host, the model, a.k.a. Aaron. Air, we are back, baby. Oh my gosh, what a hiatus it has been. I am ready to talk sports. I am ready to talk basketball. I'm ready to be back at it, my man. Yeah, we took the month of February off. Even podcasters need a little hiatus. We basically were like a slumbering bear who laid down for the winter. <laughs> <laughs> but we're back. It is March. We got basketball. We got March Madness on the horizon. So we got a lot to talk about here. Um, before we start, though, before we start, I do want to give a little bit of a quick shout out here. So uh, thank you, obviously, to all of our listeners and to everyone who's been uh, you know, listening and tweeting along. Uh, I do want to give a shout out to a couple of our podcast friends out there in the podcast community who's helping each other support. So uh, I got a couple suggestions. You ready for these ones there? Yeah, come on. Hit me. Okay. So the first one is from the middle. Okay. So essentially, it's just there's, this is their tagline. Three middle-class guys living in the middle of America in the middle chapters of their lives with a point of view that's somewhere in the middle. I actually was listening to them today. Pretty funny podcast. It's just life-related, sports-related, anything. A little bit of everything. They were talking about a point. I really connected that, so that was good. Um, so you can check them out. They're on Twitter at, at FromTheMidPod. So go ahead, give them a follow, give them a listen, uh, throw them a rating. And then the other one I got is not suitable for adults podcast. Now, that may sound <laughs> a little risque, okay? But here's the tagline. Two parents review the shows their kids watch and break them down. I feel like that'd be right up your alley. I am right there. That is absolutely up my alley. Yeah. I mean, it's a great idea. I mean, think about how absurd some of these shows are, and you know, you're watching them. You're not going to not watch them. <laughs> I don't even want to think about those shows. I know. So they have a good podcast too. I was listening to them. Uh, you can check them out at uh, on Twitter at, at not for adults cast, and that's not for like the number four adults cast. So go check them out. Those are some buddies of ours who are helping us, and uh, you know we want to show them some love. 
Cool. I'm in. All right. Now, Mr. Model, what, what have you been up to in our hiatus? Have you been in the lab? We have been cranking away in the lab. We are getting prepped for March Madness here. I have uh, a bunch of data that I'm using to uh, create a machine learning model. Not only am I doing money lines, I'm doing spreads as well as totals. So there's going to be a little something for everyone. I think you're going to be excited about it. We'll definitely preview it and get more into it next week after Selection Sunday when the brackets come out. But uh, I'm hoping for some fireworks, my friend. I hope you're ready to uh, get on the roller coaster and hang on tight. Oh, this is one of my favorite, favorite stretches of the sports calendar. Whether you're gambling or not, if you can't get into March Madness, you're not a real sports fan. You don't even have to have a team to really enjoy March Madness. There is basketball on all day for about two and a half straight weeks, and then it continues on through April. I mean, what more can you ask for? Not much more. No, not much more. Now, I got to bring up a quick point here before we get to our segments. I'm a little disappointed in the city of Washington, D.C. Now, uh, I've told you this, right, that we're there. They legalized sports gambling. We we're on the precipice of this. Yeah. Not ready. <laughs> Not ready for March Madness. I mean, talk about a missed opportunity. If you have legalized gambling for March Madness as the first available thing to gamble on in Washington, D.C., do you know how much money you would have made? That is a missed opportunity, my friend. That's a lot of funds that are going to go missing, but I guess they're playing for the long term. I guess so. I guess they know more than we do. Um, now, we got a couple of good segments today. We are talking conference tournaments. We're bringing on our own very own insider, Coulter, and we're breaking down the conference tournaments. Without really you know, spoiling our segment that's coming up, do you, see, do you have any value on the board? Are there any plays that you think might be worth people taking a look at? It's it's interesting. I've been sh doing a little line shopping, and uh, there's definitely some value out there. I just found some Kansas uh, value that I like that we didn't talk about in the in the segment, but uh, it's pretty few and far between. But I think that there might be a nugget if you can find it. All right, it's a pretty good segment. We're going to go over four uh, of the power conferences. We're not going to do a deep dive in all of them, but we're going to give you just what you need to uh, be informed and make a few bets if you so please, and then. We're shifting gears. We are doing Tom Brady watch. It's like, it's like Brian Fantana on Panda Watch and Anchorman. We got, we got a local, local reporter who's following Brady's every move. My, my college roommate Bill Hughes. The mood is tense, huh? The mood is tense. Great callback. <laughs> uh, all right, my friend. Well, hey, without further ado, let's get right into our segments. Our first one here is conference tournaments. Let's just get right into it. All right, for our first segment, it is March. We have March Madness, some of the sweetest words ever uttered in the sports calendar. We are welcoming back to our show our very own insider, Coulter. How are you doing today, my man? I'm doing great. It's uh, been, you know, I wasn't watching a ton of college hoops during the NFL, but it's been a quick uh, kind of transition over the last six weeks they're getting really into these uh, different teams and conferences and getting ready for March Madness. I really, at this point in my fingers are crossed that we can just have the tournament. I mean, it seems like everything is just trending in such a negative way with this coronavirus. So I really just hope the games are played because it's my favorite time of year other than the NFL playoffs is the uh, March Madness. And this conference tournament week is as good as it gets. I mean, you have basketball on all day uh, beginning, I think, tomorrow, just starting at noon. You just have games on top of games on top of games. And then, you know, you have all these odds. So it's it's great for gambling because you get the futures and, and uh, 
it's fun to look at the futures, but as we'll get into here, uh, it might not be the most value that you can get on these kind of bets. Yeah, we'll touch on that, but it is just such a sweet time for anyone. You, you don't even have to be a gambler like us, but you could just be a sports fan. We went through the long, cold month of February after the Super Bowl. It's dark. And like you said, Colt, I didn't watch a ton of college basketball, but now we're here. There's opportunities all across the board. And like you said, the board's not looking so great right now. Uh, we're going to preview a couple of the major conferences uh, to see who, who's got the best odds right now to take these down. And if we think there's any things that you might want to bet here in the long run here. So, uh, Mr. Model, why don't you get us started here? Give us the four conferences that we're going to be uh, looking at. And then let's start with our first conference on the board. All right. We are going to go through the ACC, the Big Ten, the Big 12, and then the Pac-12. And uh, I am intentionally leaving the SEC off just for now, just to try to keep this tight. But we'll talk about a couple teams in each of those conferences and see what we like and see what the odds currently are and see if there's any value like uh, Coulter alluded to. I'm not seeing a ton right now. There All is, right. I, it's funny that we cut off the SEC, but while we cut it off, let me just throw one quick. Great. This is the only valuable play in the major five conferences that I even saw. I love the Razorbacks of Arkansas at 40 to one to win the Ooh. SEC tournament. I think they, they have a kid named Isaiah Joe who's been out all year. who just came back two weeks ago. I think he's a spectacular scorer. I think he's the kind of player that lights it up in a weekend format like this, where you play three games in a row. All he has to do is get a couple wins under his belt. If he gets hot, the other teams are going to get you know, afraid. And this is an Arkansas team that could come out of nowhere, get a berth in the NCAA tournament, win a couple games. This kid, Joe, is special. I'm telling you right now, I think everybody and their mother will put money on Kentucky. I like the value at 40 to 1 in Arkansas. They're pretty much the only team out of the major five that I think has that kind of a number and has that level of talent. That was the only one that really caught my eye. But I wanted to mention that? that before we hop into the other ones. Not a believer in Kentucky or Auburn. I like it. All right. All right. I, I like this kid, Joe. I think he's got a lot of talent and I, I do like Florida. I think they're a well-coached team, but at four to one, there's just no value. And as I'll keep saying during these other ones, do a mechanical parlay. If you like Florida or any of these other teams, just keep betting them day in and day out on the money line and you'll win more money than four to one. If that's hey, if you like a team like Florida, don't be sleeping on my Georgia Bulldogs either down there. Okay. They had a couple <laughs> upsets this year. <laughs> All right, Mr. Model, give us our first conference odd. Por favor. Yep. So we're going to go to the ACC. We're going to be covering the top four teams. So I am not having uh, bringing my model today. We're going to be referencing other folks. I am still uh, in the lab working out bugs and getting it ready for March Madness. So we'll be alluding to what Ken Pomeroy has put out as the uh, conference championship odds and whatever else we find. So for what I'm seeing, given odds right now for ACC, Duke is the favorite at plus 240, which translates to 29 percent. Uh, Ken Pomeroy has them winning about 40% of the time. So that isn't first interesting odds. The second one is Louisville. Um, they're at plus 290, good for like 26%. Uh, Ken has them at right around 24%, so no value there. Uh, Florida State is actually right behind Duke at uh, plus 245, good for 29%. And uh, Ken Pomeroy has them way lower at 18%. And then one providing a little value, if you can get this, Virginia at plus 550 is good for 15%, and Ken has them at uh, 8%. So I guess that's actually not good at all. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think there, Coulter? Uh, yeah, you know, I'm going to beat this drum whenever we do March Madness stuff this year, but Florida State is a team that I really like. I think they, they run 10 deep. They That is their biggest asset is their depth. 
And in a weekend format like this, where you're playing three games in three days, they have such an advantage over teams like Duke and Louisville who are thin. Uh, Virginia plays as a team. They've got great defense. As we know, they could choke a team out with that defense any given day. Uh, so that makes them very enticing, obviously defending national champions, but uh, on paper, Florida state, I think is the best team in this conference. Uh, and I think that they are built for a situation where you're playing a bunch of games at a, uh, uh, you know, three and three or four and four, and they have the depth to do it. And they have a lot of talented guys on that team. I like Florida state. Yeah. I, uh, I'm really shocked about Florida state being that low uh, behind Duke, who I think is frauds this year. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm, <laughs> I am down on Duke, you know, Louisville, I can see, and I'm with you, Mr. Ma. I actually do think there's a little bit value uh, on Virginia. You can't discount the defending champs, uh, especially with Bennett as the coach there, but I'm with you, Coulter. Florida state's my pick here. Uh, I actually do think those odds are worth uh, maybe taking a peek at because that team, uh, it, they're really deep. And like you said, Coulter, they can play up and down the floor. I got a fun little fact for you here. Okay. Earlier in the year, it was about a couple weeks ago. FSU got to number two in the polls. What year do you think they were last ranked that high in college basketball? Early nineties. Mr. Model. I'll say 2003. You are both way off. It was 1972. How about that? (laughs) Yeah. So it's been a little while, um, but I'm taking them. I'm on the Florida state here. Uh, I'm just, I, uh, the reason being is I'm so down on Duke. Louisville's a threat to me, but I feel like I, I just got to make the pick here is Florida state. I don't hate it. All right. And I'm going to, I'm going to take Duke on that one just because I like the, oh, man. I like the value. Yeah. You're looking up at the banners that coach K's got in the rafters. All right. <laughs> hey, it makes me throw up in my mouth a little bit, but that's not going to stop me from betting it. Hey, your wake forest boys took him down. Uh, we got lucky. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> 200 to one odds for wake to win it. If anyone wants to start their week fun on a Tuesday, start- <laughs> model is shaking his head emphatically. No <laughs> strong pass. Nope. Yeah. All right. All right, who we got next? Let's jump to uh, the Big Ten, and I'm uh, looking at some updated odds right here in front of me, so it's not going to match what we have in the notes. The top five, I think I'm doing five here because I think there's an interesting one. Uh, Michigan State is the heavy favorite at plus 325. Maryland uh, close behind at plus 400, uh, good for 20%. Michigan is at plus 600 for 14%. Rutgers is in fourth at plus 725. That's the weird one to me at 12%. And then behind them is Ohio state at plus 900 for 10%. Wow. What, what do you guys think about that? The uh, just to kind of call it out. So Ken Palm has Rutgers chance of winning for is at 4%. So way lower than what the odds have them at 12. I'm not sure why that's so high. And then I, Michigan state is the favorite at right around 23%. Yeah, Rutgers there. That makes no sense to me. I know they've had a pretty decent season, but how are they possibly ranked that high or rated that high? I'm Which looking did, at the odds right now. They're at literally at plus seven, 725. Did we give Ohio State in there or no? Yeah, they're plus 900. I love, uh, give me the – you know what? I, I'll go back on that. I said Arkansas was the only one of these that has actually true value. I love Ohio State at 9-1. to one. That is just terrific. I think they're similar to Florida State. They're deep. They're talented. They can defend – 
Uh, and I think people are going to get see that nine to one. And I think they're just going to look at Michigan state and they're going to bet teams like that in Maryland. And they're going to somehow fade at an Ohio state team that was ranked very high uh, at some points this season. Um, yeah, I'll take the Buckeyes nine to one. Give that to me every day. That's good odds. I, I always expect Wisconsin to have some kind of devastating loss here. Usually they're pretty good. They're pretty trustworthiness, but I, I just don't buy it. I can't buy Michigan state either. Something about them is just not feeling right. They don't feel like a true Izzo team to me. I know they got superstars, but does something feels off with them this year. I think I got to take Maryland. I think there's value here in that. The fact that they didn't have such a fantastic end of the season. They won the, the regular season conference, correct? There was Maryland. a tie there, right? three way tie. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So I, I'm taking them. I think they got the, the better team there. Uh, I know the value maybe not great. I might not bet them, but I think they're going to be my pick to, to win that conference. All right. I'm actually going to go down the board a little bit. Cause I think there's a lot of good teams here. I'm going to take Illinois at plus 1100. Um, that I actually, that was my other team that I like. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, I think they're a fantastic team. I think they're underrated. I also like that they're in the four seed, so they will match up if assuming uh, Wisconsin wins their first round game with Wisconsin to get into the final. So to me, that is the one that I'm looking at and I want to see if they can get in. I also think that Michigan State may be choosing to rest some players. So I wouldn't be shocked if they don't come out of their side of the bracket. So I will take a little gander at Illinois. That's a really good point about resting their players. They, they need to uh, focus on the big, the big dance, I think. I could see Michigan State being in a spot where they're playing Illinois on Friday and Michigan State's the most bad team, uh, not only of the day, but of the year in any situation. I betters love Tom Izzo. Betters love Tom Izzo. And when you're betting Michigan State during this month, just remember that. And similar to Duke, I didn't point this out, but Duke is the most bet team. Uh, I know there's stories out there that says Kansas is, Baylor is, Michigan State is. No. Duke is the most bet team, most future bet team uh, in March Madness. Michigan State is probably right up there. there if not two, they're three. And so just be very careful when you're taking a game-by-game bet with Michigan State or even a future like this people are pounding them. And so that makes Illinois even more enticing because I think that increases their chances of pulling an upset. If they get Michigan state head to head, I think a lot of money will come in on Michigan state. All right. Should we jump to the big 12? Let's do it. Okay. So for this one, all the odds look like they are uh, nothing attractive, but we're going to go through it anyway. The huge favorite in the big 12 is Kansas. Not shocking to anyone currently at minus one Oh five, which is 51%. Uh, Ken Palm has them at 55% uh, chance to win. Baylor is at plus 225, which is right around 30%. Ken Palm has them at 22%, so a huge discrepancy and no value there if you're going to bet that. In third is West Virginia at plus 625, good for 14%. And uh, Ken Palm has them at right around 10%, so again, no value. And the last is Texas Tech. Ken Palm has them at 7%, and the odds have them at right around 10%. So again, no value there. But what do you guys like just from a, who's going to go through and win that win that conference? Colter, who you got, bud? I kind of like West Virginia. This is a team that was uh, top five rated at one point this season. Their odds were as good as, I think, 10 to 1 to win the whole thing. Now they're at 60 plus. They're coming off a big win against Baylor in their season finale, so they've got a little bit of momentum. I love Bob Huggins in March. Um, I think people have soured on them because they had such a bad February, so many big losses. Uh and they're coming off that big win against Baylor. I think that they can match up with teams down low. I think they can shoot with teams, uh, high variance team, West Virginia. So you're taking a huge risk, but man, if they come out firing, this is as they are as good as Baylor as they proved it on Saturday, 
So their odds being, uh, you know, what three or four times as much as Baylor's, you got to like that. Um, I don't know if the value is necessarily there with the odds um, with West Virginia. And again, the old mechanical parlay is the better way to approach this one. If you like West Virginia, just take them straight up on the money line every single day and just ride it that way. Um, I don't think you can ignore Kansas. They're the best team in the country inside and out, but I do like a little bit of the value with West Virginia. So that'd be my pick for, for a value play. You know what, Coulter? I don't like West Virginia. I love West Virginia. (laughs) I love West Virginia. That was my pick. Plus 625 is really not too bad for a team that just knocked off Baylor. I know we got Kansas lurking, but I have this weird feeling about Kansas. I'm not big on Kansas. I know they're the best team in the land. They're ranked number one. Something about them feels too. Let's not forget that Kansas hypothetically, what, what the seating is, what Kansas one Baylor two, who's three in that Texas tech, or is it Texas? Oklahoma, Oklahoma is three, Texas, four, Texas tech, five, West Virginia, six. I love it because that sets up a potential Texas tech versus Kansas in the semifinals. And I think that's a, that's a really tough match for Kansas. As you just saw on Saturday, they played that game very close. Texas tech is similar to Virginia. They'll choke you out. And uh, yeah, Kansas might ultimately win that game, but that's a banger of a game uh, versus Texas tech. If they match up with West Virginia, in the final, I like West Virginia coming off maybe what might be a slightly easier game in, the, in their semifinal. I think Texas tech is a team that will kind of uh, bang you to death and Kansas might be feeling it by Saturday, by the time the championship rolls around. Yeah, I agree. And I just love seeing uh, Huggy Bear rocking around with the sweatsuit. I mean, I wish all the coaches would wear it and adopt it and just go with that that look. I like a discounted uh, Bob Huggins in March. Usually he's overrated and overbet, and I think people are going to stay away from him. I hate to keep repeating that, but I really think that West Virginia is one of those teams that I've talked to a bunch of friends and nobody wants to bet on them. Give them to me in my bracket in futures. I like everything about West Virginia. They're a team that's under the radar. I almost wish they hadn't beaten Baylor, uh, but it is important to get a little bit of that momentum going before the conference tournament starts. So I like it. I like it all. Yeah. If, the, if the savvy betters were watching that, that gives you a little tip on the ability of West Virginia. But uh, yeah, that's my pick, man. I love them. I, I got them going far. I don't know, obviously what the big bracket's going to look like yet, but I like riding them. They might be my dark horse this year. One thing to note for people that are going to join us on the West Virginia bandwagon, and I'm on the bandwagon, is is they're really not great away from home, but I don't think a lot of these teams are. Uh, I think every team in college basketball, you can say it's not, they all struggle away from their home court. This is a strong home court advantage. Totally agree. All right, Mr. Model, who we got next? Uh, The last one that we're going to go to is the Pac-12. We're going to go out west. This one, uh, not a whole lot of value. So Oregon is the favorite at plus 175 right now. Good for 36% chance to win. Uh, In second, Arizona is at plus 300, right around 25%. Uh, Ken Palm had them at 15% or 16%. So huge discrepancy there. Colorado is in third at plus 400 uh, with the odds at 20%. Ken Palm has them at 15%. So basically very equal with Arizona. Although I don't think that they're equal teams, doesn't feel to me. And then the fourth team, uh, kind of shocking based on how they did this year, is a big surprise. UCLA, plus seven fifty, good for twelve percent. And uh, Ken Palm has them at a six percent chance likely to win. So again, no value there. This feels to me like it's an Oregon Arizona uh, winner take all. Uh, I know Arizona has a couple stumbled as they played through some conference games, but I just don't see anyone else being able to do a, a challenge. What do you guys think? Colter, what do you got, man? 
Uh, I, I like Oregon a lot in this conference, and I'll be talking about them next week in March Madness. I think they're a team that makes sense in a future bet. I really like Peyton Pritchard. I think he's one of the uh, best players in the country. Uh, one thing I want to uh, kind of warn our listeners about betting on Arizona is this is an extremely young team. And I know a lot of people make this about how Kentucky every year is young and then they get better as the season goes. And Arizona, you could make the argument has done the same thing. Good for them, good for Kentucky. Young teams don't necessarily play well in this kind of a format. You have to remember that it's a day in and day out format where they're going to be on a grind three games in three days, potentially. So I don't know if I necessarily like Arizona's youth in that situation. Yeah. They've come together as a team and they're the most talented team here, but I don't necessarily know if that will equate to success in a tournament format like this. I'm going to go with the ducks long shot. We didn't touch on is USC. I think they're desperate. They're on the bubble. They are really talented and underrated similar to Arkansas. So I don't know exactly what they're the long shot. The ones I'm looking at right now have USC at 22 to one. So I think that might be probably less than a live book. Um, But that was, that was one that I wanted to throw out there as a long shot. And the PAC 12 is always a, a, they are one of the weirder conferences. You can see a four versus a seven in the final or something like that. Yeah. Mr. Model, you know what happens when you and I discuss the PAC 12. Okay. You get dominated. Yes, that's correct. So <laughs> I want the listeners to take this with a grain of salt, but there's no way Arizona is winning this conference tournament. No way. I'm sorry. I know they're the best, but they're arguably the most talented team. I'm taking the Oregon ducks. They're the favorite for a reason. I think they run through this, this conference tournament. I know they had some close games at Arizona. They won 74, 73 back uh, earlier in the year. And then same thing, 73, 72. So you can say Arizona is playing them really close. I like Oregon. I, I mean, plus 165 is not great. I'm not going to bet that, but I just don't, I, I think Oregon wins this again. I don't know shit about the Pac-12. So just throwing that out there. I think that they're the rare team, uh, Kansas, Michigan state that we've gone over Duke, even, uh, those teams where they struggle at in these situations, isn't on a talent or a coaching level. It's actually a motivational thing. Kansas knows they're number one, Michigan state knows that they're going to get, even if they lose in the first game of this big 10 tournament, there'll be a three seed at the very worst. If not a two, they're not really motivated. Duke, not motivated. Same thing. They're two at the very worst of three. Oregon though, max motivation here. They can climb with a win in the pac 12 tournament. They can get off of that four line. They can get to three. If things go right for them this next week, uh, they could even potentially get up to a two. I think uh, maybe, maybe that's stretching it. But the, the main point being is, is that this is a team that's going to want to uh, win this tournament, get a highest seed possible, maybe play in the Western bracket uh, with Gonzaga and, and have a more home court advantage than uh, they would if they had to come East or go to the South region or something like that. So I think Oregon is the rare favorite, heavy favorite that's max motivated in this conference setting. Yeah. Moving up to a three seed is huge. I, I don't think they get up to a two. I think a lot of crazy shit's got to happen for that. Yeah, um, no, it's, it's probably far out, but I was thinking that they are the team I'm looking at them right now. They're 13th nationally, man, they do not want to lose in this PAC 12 tournament. That's full of mediocre teams. They're the one star team. They do not want to drop this. If they win, they're going to get a three guaranteed. Uh, if they lose, they could be a potential four. So I think that's, that's huge for a team like Oregon. I think, you know, I was already on the Oregon train, but Coulter, I think you talked to me into it. I might actually throw some cash down on them. Plus one sixty five. I mean, what the hell? You might want to look at the mechanical. I don't know how it would work, but I mean, there would be favored in every game, but I would, I would be interested to see if you win three straight, if that, 
is better than 160. Uh, that's, that's the math you have to do at home, folks. Uh, but that would be the recommendation is to <laughs> the model. Like, I'll do it for you. Mr. Model's going to have to do that for me because we know that's not going to go well. <laughs> well, it's interesting. Yeah. I honestly don't have the answer to what's the better value of plus 160, the future, or taking them in three straight games. I would think that the three straight games would get would yield better profit. And this is actually what I want to do with you guys next week when we start previewing the NCAA tournament, because we can actually come up and if we just start guesstimating what we think the odds are going to be for the three games that they have, we can figure out kind of and compare that to the future odds and see if we can get value just based on kind of what our gut is telling us. And this is what we'll talk through next week. But we can talk through that uh, offline. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. Uh, all right, gentlemen, those are our four conferences that we're looking at. Uh, everybody just enjoy the games. It's conference tournament. This, this is a magical stretch of sports. Sit back and enjoy it. If you want to bet with us, tweet at us, play along with us, let us know. Coulter, Some, something model. tells me we're all going to be watching this week as we're all going to be like sequestered in quarantine due to this virus. Seriously. <laughs> uh, and yeah, that's true. So, um, all right, what we're going to do next, we're going to transition here. We're going to be talking a little Tom Brady. We got some free agency coming up next. So uh, stay tuned for that, where we got a very own uh, beat reporter following Brady on the scene. So stay tuned for our next segment. Let's go to Brian Fantana live on the scene with a Channel 4 News exclusive. Brian. And to watch. The mood is tense. I have been on some serious, serious reports, but nothing quite like this. All right. For the next segment, even though it is heavy March Madness season, there's a lot going on in the NFL. And we are all NFL junkies, as we all know. We've got a special guest on the line with us. We have our very own correspondent who has been tracking Tom Brady's every movement this offseason, my college roommate, Mr. Bill Hughes. How you doing, Bill? Doing well. Doing well. Thanks for having me, guys. Really appreciate the opportunity to come on here and uh, talk about the GOAT. Now, you've been diehard Pats fan. You've been obsessed with Brady. Are you getting nervous? I feel like this is dragging out a little longer. Um, a little nervous, but I also feel like every year of Tom Brady's career for probably the past three or four years, I've been kind of prepped for it to be maybe the last year. So though we seem to get here every year and it ends up being the Pats, I, I'm not surprised that he's kind of dipping his toe in the water. I have a theory and I'll guess I'll save it for a little bit later once we get there. But I mean, this is a guy who's never tested free agency. I feel like he kind of wants to be wooed a little bit. I think, I think you might be right. I think, uh, I think he's constantly been under the same rules and the same obligations that every other Pats player and free agent has been under. And that isn't, there isn't a lot of wooing in those processes from what I've heard and followed from the Pats. So yeah, I can imagine that uh, he's looking for a little love and he's got some business opportunities that he's got going everywhere else. So maybe it's time. Yeah. So that's a good uh, transition. Now, Coulter, you are locking it down in Stanford. As you know, Bill, um, Tom Brady bought a house in Greenwich, Connecticut. Coulter, have you seen him around? Is he floating down that way? No, I haven't seen him down this way, but our own uh, Tom Curran at NBC was the one who was kind of uh, inciting a riot there last week with his report that the Niners could be interested. Uh, so I think that uh, his reporting did impact those odds pretty significantly, uh, at least in the San Francisco area, because I know that they started out. 200 to one. And now they went from 80 to one to 25 to one to 14 to one to seven to one. Now all cause of Tom Curran here at NBC. And so I don't know if there's any truth uh, to that, but he seems to be pretty convinced that that could be a, a team that Tom Brady ends up on uh, the Niners. Have you told, 
Have you told Tom Curran our Yorgos theory? I mean, is this another Yorgos line that's just getting fucked with right now? I haven't seen a line move like this since Yorgos Lanthimos at the Oscars in 2019. <laughs> this is as much line movement as one could ever see on a line. You're talking about a team that was third to worst odds to all the way to now they're in the top five and a, a legitimate contender. I think uh, San Francisco hasn't really poo-pooed the idea that they're interested. So I think that they're definitely kicking the tires on this one. All right. It's really a matter of that. If that's where Brady wants to end up and I think they're positioned to win. So I think that's why the theory kind of makes sense is, is that he wants to win. That's a defense that he can win with, with running backs that he could win with a tight end Kittle that he can win with offensive line. That's a good team in San Francisco, so it really makes sense on that uh, that perspective. Now, Mr. Model, before you jump in and give us some odds here, what do you think? I mean, is this guy coming back? Is Brady going to be another lifelong Patriot guy? Are we I, are we going to give picks away right now? I'm no, thinking, we're not going to give it away yet. But give me your just a little thought process. Give us a little tease. You know, I when I think of Tom Brady, I think of Family Man. I know he has a kid that is based either what just outside New York uh, in Connecticut there. And I would be shocked to see him go too far. Um, I think he wants to stay in that area. And uh, I would be shocked, like, for example, if I he decided to go all the way across the country to the 49ers. So all right. that's my tidbit. I, right, cool. I, completely, I completely agree with the model, too. He has a child from his first marriage uh, and that he, he that child is not moving from New York. So the reasoning of him staying in the Northeast is definitely connected to that child. And I think uh, the model definitely brings up a huge point. That would, so, that would be one of the main reasons for him to stay for sure. So one thing though, to keep in mind, I'm not sure if everybody saw the breaking news today, but Tom did announce officially 199 studios opening in LA, a production studio with the name coming after the 199th pick in the NFL draft. Um, so I think that stirred the, uh, the ambers on the chargers rumors once again, but I'll get you a little tidbit later on uh, the Chargers O-line rankings that may have Tom <laughs> second guessing whether that's a good idea. I was going to say, stay, stay far away from the Chargers if you're Tom Brady. That's just my opinion as a Bronco fan. The one, <laughs> the one thing the Broncos have been able to do right is blitz the quarterback in <laughs> Los Angeles these last two, three years. So it's pretty much the only good thing the team has had. And uh, yeah, Brady would be eating alive, I think, with that offensive line. I agree. That's a pretty good segue, too, though, because a lot of these guys uh, are talking about where he could land. And one of the factors is the the teams in the division. So are you putting any stock on that, Bill? Or do you think think Brady's just going, I'm the best fucking quarterback that's ever lived. I don't give a fuck if I'm in a division with Patrick Mahomes or anybody. So I think, uh, I mean, ultimately, I think he's at the point where learning a new offense or a new system isn't going to be a big deal. I think from the Patriots way, they kind of do that on on a week to week basis. So I think a lot of the talk about could he learn a new system in a short period of time? Could he get up and running? I think it's kind of overwhelmed, overrated. I think it's the, I really do think it's a talent around him. I think it's going to come down to the offensive line, the receivers, the tight end, which was already mentioned. And the fact that right now in new England, the shelves are looking a little barren in some of those categories. And I think yeah. if, if you look at who's available and I've got a couple guys that, you know, might be interesting and you know, they've been rumored for a while now, but I think it's going to come down to talent and opportunity to win. I think if I know Tom, I think he wants to win as many Super Bowls as possible. And the only way to really do that is going to be for him to find the weapons necessary where he can, where he can exploit defenses. I agree with that. So in your ideal world, who is it going to take talent wise for the Pats to add to get Brady to stay there. Cause I got, I know my pick and my, t- my pick has got talent across the board. So what do you need to bring in? 
So, I mean, I think the two people that have been reported, you know, somewhat recently over the last little while have been that have been intriguing are obviously Stefan Diggs um, out of Minnesota, whether the smoke is really a fire there, whether they want to move on from that. It's a seems like a team friendly contract seems weird to me, but it does seem like there are some rifts there with him and cousins. Obviously it seemed to mend fences, but um, that's one option. And then the other one that I thought was kind of interesting was Hayden Hurst um, with the, with the Ravens. I think that that was a kind of a, I think he was a second round pick a couple of years back. Um, a guy who's definitely a vertical type threat as a tight end. And with First Andrews, right. yeah, with Andrews emerging as, as the clear go-to tight end in, in Baltimore, I think that maybe he's a little bit expendable now, whether Harbaugh trades at any talent to the Pats would remain, would be a little bit shocking to me, but I think those are two names of guys where if the CBA thing gets done one way or the other, it'll be done on Saturday. They did extend it today. So we got a few more days to wait, unfortunately. Um, but if that get once that gets done, I think that'll kick on the trade market a little bit with some of those guys. Um, and we might start to see the Pats make some moves to try and secure some talent. Trent Williams is another one. Um, it's been rumored forever. The Redskins have lost a lot of leverage in trying to move him. Could the Pats potentially move wind to right tackle, move on from cannon, put put Trent at left tackle and maybe make Brady feel a little bit more comfortable there. Another possibility of things that they might be able to do to show him that they're invested. Um, but it's going to be tough, man. They're going to have to go get a tight end. Cause I do think the tight end play was the clear drop off. Um, we saw that they just couldn't fill the Gronk void. Now that's a good a little segue as well. Is there any chance that Gronk comes back to run it back one more time, Bill? I don't see a chance that Gronk comes back. I think we've seen that he's enjoying his, uh, his life as a retired NFL player. He's got plenty of money. I think he talked about when he was a player uh, that he had not spent one penny of his contract money that he'd only spent endorsement money. And obviously he's continued to capitalize post-career. So I don't see a, I don't see a world where Gronk comes back. Um, so I think they're going to have to go elsewhere to find that tight end to fill that void. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, I think the odds that Baltimore and Harbaugh makes a trade with the Patriots is just as small as Gronk coming back. So I don't see that one. You're gonna have to get a tight end, I think, somewhere else than the Ravens. And you fact, you have to factor in that Allison Hooper is the uh, the best one on the free agent uh, kind of out there for them to sign. And if they sign yep. Brady to a long term fifty million dollar deal, maybe they don't have money to sign Hooper. So it's yep. one of those things where they could get the best tight end, but does that mean they're actually gonna get Brady? Because when does money factor into it? You know, yeah. weapons are, weapons are really important, but I don't think this guy wants to take another nine million dollar team deal. Uh, like he did, you know, several years ago. All right. Well, Mr. Model, why don't you give us the odds here and then let's make our picks here. This is after all double down Trent where we are talking gambling. So give us the odds on the teams right now and Brady's possible landing spot. All right. I'm going to give you the top nine and we'll not go any farther because hopefully all of our picks will end up somewhere in the top nine. Uh, the favorite clear and away New England Patriots are at minus 160, currently right around 62% implied probability. Uh, and don't blink because these odds have been shifting like you guys were talking about. So who knows what this is going to be? We're recording this on a Monday. Uh, in second is Tennessee at plus 250, good for 29%. Las Vegas Raiders at eight plus 850 uh, for 10.5%. Right there with them is the Chargers, also at plus 850. Uh, in fifth place, 49ers are a plus a thousand good for 9% implied probability. And then coming in the rear of the last four Buccaneers are at plus 1400, right around 7% and then tied Cowboys, Giants, and Miami are all at plus 2,900, which is a right around 3% implied probability. What do you guys like in there? All right, Bill, who you got? 
So I'm actually going to go out on the limb here. And I guess, uh, I guess I'm going to take the Titans. I think as I looked, as I sat down and looked at this, I got to be honest. I, I think that if you looked at a team in the AFC, both from what division they're in, from what they were able to do last year, from the coach, I think it gives him the most opportunity to win right away. I think it also makes a splash and I think it reinvigorates his career. I did see, I think it might've been Tommy Curran again with one of his stories a few weeks ago that, you know, part of this process is get to get Tom's kind of going again and to get the juices flowing. Um, I think the Pats make the most sense if he really wants to stay in that comfort zone. But I think a lot of the signs are pointing to the Titans. You look at the receiving core, you look, if they can resign Conklin, I think that that solidifies obviously the offensive line. They're going to lose some guys on defense potentially, but I think the offense if it, as it, as it stands is really, really strong. Um, obviously a really good tight end who emerged uh, towards the end of the year. Um, and John Smith, you got AJ Brown, you've got Henry, if they can bring back Henry, um, but even if they can't bring back Henry, I think they can fill that void with somebody else. I think Brady's shown that he can play with a lot of different running backs. Obviously Dion Lewis is there. Um, so I think the Titans, man, if I, if wow. I were a man and I wanted to try and make a little bit, mo- bit of money off this, I'm going with the Titans. Your boy, Rabel Colter, what do you think? Yeah. You know, the, the odds have shifted so dramatically in this, that there is value on the Patriots where they're not as expensive as they used to be. They used to be uh, minus 500. So you'd have to play bet 500 to win a hundred. And that's no value as we know, but I think where they're at right now, I would advise, you know, somebody who's really adamant that he's going back to new England to look at that. Cause that is great value on the Patriots. With that said, there's just better value on the board here. I like the Niners situation. However, as I already pointed out, that's been drained of all the value that it previously had. Don't bet it at seven to one because it was 14 this time last week. The long shot that I really like is Tampa Bay. And this Ooh, is why. Baby. Yeah, I, I, I know they haven't been rumored, so they're not really the sexy team in all this conversation. But there's two things that Brady that could raise the TB12 brand, and that's a seventh world championship, right? He wants to win above all else. Let's just say winning is out of the question. He can't win or whatever you want to call it. Tampa Bay is his best shot at doing the second thing, which extends the brand and makes it more profitable. And that is throwing for 5,000 yards as a 43-year-old man. That is pure bionic man stuff. That is 5,000 yards at the age of 43. That will make TB12 go for another 30, 40. That brand will last until he's dead if he goes for 5,000 <laughs> yards. And with Mike Evans and uh, Godwin down there and Bruce Arians and the way that they throw, that's another thing I love. I love Bruce Arians' offense. The one thing I would say about the Niners uh, that doesn't make any sense to me is uh, that's the old Denver style of running where you do a lot of play action and bootleg. So that doesn't really fit in with Tom Brady. Guess what fits in with Tom Brady, Bruce Arians, throw, 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 ignore the run game, throw to your running backs, throw to your tight ends. They have OJ Howard. They have a division that I think is actually extremely winnable next season. And we'll talk about that as the season goes along here into August and, and September. I think the saints are overrated drastically. And I think that division is up for the taking. If the saints are as overrated as I think, I think Tampa with Tom Brady, they were a quarterback away this year from being a playoff team. They easily can get to the playoffs with Tom Brady, if not win that division. I love the odds. I love the value. I love him throw over 5,000 yards. This man is an egoist. He wants to throw. He wants to throw over 5,000 yards at 43. That's why Tampa makes sense to me. I, I like all that. Go ahead. Can I, can I add one thing to that? I, I actually checked the pro football focus uh, offensive line rankings after the last year before this. And Tampa has a sneaky, good offensive line, top 10 PFF. I agree. I think the weapons line up and I totally agree with the ego piece of, he does not want this move to hurt his legacy. He cannot go somewhere where he becomes 
you know, kind of the Peyton Manning in Denver. And he's kind of the same. He does not want that. I mean, I, I think he'd take the ring, but he does not. He, he, I think he might be more inclined to take the 5,000 than to go to a, to a run first San Francisco and just kind of be a play action dummy. So I, I, I really like it. All right, Mr. Model. I, I think you just nailed this. So I'm going to throw out all football concepts and talk exactly like you just mentioned about his legacy and about his lifestyle. So to me, I'm going to be that wet blanket that takes New England at minus 160. To me, there is so much comfort in knowing what you've done over the last, what, 20 years. He's been around New England. It's been absolutely insane. That much change is huge for anyone. I just don't see him going far. I think his legacy in the Boston area is huge. I think him trying to recreate that is going to be impossible. I think he sticks around. I think he lasts maybe another year or two, and then he rides out on his golden horse and says, all right, legislation, I'm coming in. I'm going to join the government. I'm kind of with you there, Mr. Model. My only thing with both the teams you guys threw out is I just can't picture him in that uniform. I think that's a major block for me too. Whether that's real or not, I don't know. But my team, okay, is a major long shot. And it is a serious dark horse and it is not far off on the logic of your boy, Tommy Brady, wanting to run it back one more time and win a championship. And my pick is the Dallas fucking Cowboys. Here's why. Hear me out for all the same reasons you just said. They got a stat. Everyone knows their offensive line is one of the best in the league. They've got Ezekiel Elliott. That is a fucking workhorse back there. And whether they re-sign Amari Cooper or not, they've got a decent draft pick. And this is a loaded loaded draft class of wide receivers. If they don't bring Amari back, they, they draft a receiver and they go and get it. I think Jerry knows. He's like, listen, I only got a couple of shots left at winning a championship. Do they really want to give Dak $35 million a year? That model, it really doesn't work unless that quarterback is an absolute stud. And don't get me wrong. I like Dak, but I don't think Dak is worth that kind of money. Give me Brady for two more years. And go get a title down in Dallas. He looks good in that uniform. It's a classic uniform. I feel like throwing up just for saying it. The Giants fan inside of me is puking. But he could go there. I don't know. It's possible. This is this is even this is like next level stuff. So I do think there's water in the Dallas thing. However, and this is going to sound so out there. I think it actually makes more sense that he ends up in Dallas next season. They franchise tag <laughs> Dak. Dak doesn't work out. And this is if Brady would go to somewhere like a Tennessee or a San Francisco, but I'm thinking in my head, he goes to San Francisco. Let's say he wins the super bowl out there. Uh, Minnesota moves on from Kirk cousins and then San Francisco signs Kirk cousins. There's a long-term option. Brady is walking into the sunset quote unquote, but he still wants to play Dallas. Finally, let's go Dak after a bad year with his uh, playing under the one year deal and the tag, and then they sign Brady for another one-year deal, and he gets to go at it with the Cowboys next year. Now, that's far, far out. (laughs) But I think Kirk Cousins to the Niners at the end of uh, his contract with the Vikings could be very much in play. And if Brady goes out to San Francisco, I very much like that as a one-year situation, not a two-year situation, as they want to win this upcoming season. They're not looking for 2021, as a Tennessee Titans might be. Uh, so I, I will say one thing about the Niners that I have yet to figure out is, are we not overreacting from one bad half of football? Thank Jimmy you, Garoppolo. I mean, I think, I think you run it back with Jimmy. I think that they have the team to do it. I think Jimmy's going to keep getting better. I think the Shanahan offense sometimes can, you know, like it takes a little bit of time. I thought, I thought he showed some signs and really, I mean, if he doesn't have a bad half against one of the better teams now, maybe not one of the better defenses, uh, but I don't know. I think we're overreacting a little bit on the Jimmy thing. I agree. Oh, yeah. I mean, go ahead, Coulter. No, I totally agree. I mean, I think it's 
I think Jimmy fits their system a lot better than Tom Brady does. I, you yeah. know, I'm just looking at the odds and what they're telling sure. me that they're shrinking considerably on the Niners side of things, which indicates that somebody knows something more than just Tom Curran. Um, but yeah. I also do think that the, the model's point is that the, the value is still with new England. I mean, it's one sixty is not a lot to a team that he's played for, for 20 years. Uh, and we've mentioned all the family stuff uh, and the fact that he's played there for so long and he doesn't want to change the decal on his helmet. You know, if I were betting, I'd throw the whole one sixty to win a hundred on new England and then maybe sprinkle a few $10 bets on bucks and, and Titans, Cowboys teams. Yeah. Like and I think a little security blanket there too. His bet. One of his best friends is staying as the offensive coordinator. He didn't get a job anywhere else. I think that that continuity plays huge. His other best friend is the starting wide receiver. We saw them sitting courtside at the Syracuse game. There is a bond there. I don't know if Jules would be financially taking advantage of this as much as he is. If he didn't have some inclination that Tom might be coming back. I saw the Celtics had stay Tom 2020 shirts in their locker room the other day that Jules had provided. I do think there's a lot of momentum. And to your point, there's a lot of reasons to stay. I think that the defense is going to be back for the most part next year. If they can re-sign Thune at tackle, I mean, excuse me, at guard, I think that that solidifies the offensive line and they're really not losing. I mean, Dorsett's the only off other offensive player that's really a, a you know a key free agent for them. Plus, you there's get plenty and plenty of receivers in the draft that yeah. can replace Dorsett. Oh speed. yeah, and Sanu should be more healthy. I think the story came out that Sanu got hurt his second game in New England and never really recovered from the ankle. He just had surgery, um, and then you also add in David Andrews. If David Andrews can come back, solidify the offensive line at center. I think Tom's got a lot of comfort there. And I did think that that injury really hurt them a lot more this year than people let on. I think they might be just a tight end away from him feeling comfortable with that offense. Yeah. You know, all said injury hurt this guy's fantasy team. That's a different story. <laughs> well, listen, Bill, that was a good segment, man. We got the draft coming up. We got a lot of stuff happening after the CBA, man. We'll get you back on for the draft talk. I appreciate it. I'd love to be back. Appreciate the time. And uh, yeah, anytime you need a, a new England insider and, and I do have a little bit of uh, Eagles information too. Uh, now having lived uh, down here, right outside of Philly for the last couple of years, uh, might be a little bit biased against the Eagles, but you never know. I love it. Let's put Sal Powell Antonio on blast. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. All right, boys. That was another good episode of double down Trent. We'll see everybody next week. Baby, look at me, look at me, your money. You know what else? You're a big winner tonight. I want to leave. You're a big winner. I'm going to ask you a simple question. I want you to listen to me. Who's the big winner here tonight at the casino? Huh? Mikey, that's oh, who. Mikey's the big winner. Mikey wins. Oh, I'm fine. I'm an asshole, but you know what? You're the big winner tonight, Mikey. You're the big winner in more ways than one.